the 2022 NFL draft is about a month away, is a month away, and we've had some trades, we've had a lot of stuff go on, and so I thought it was a perfect time to do another mock draft, and that's what I'm going to go ahead and do here. I don't want to waste too much time. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, and we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, a lot of speculation and a lot of rumor out there is that this is Aiden Hutchinson's is going to be the pick. And he is, at this point, my number one rated player in this class. Um, the Jaguars could use another pass rusher opposite of, of Josh Allen to go along with Kate LeVon Chase on as well. And I don't know if they're going to go that way. I actually have Evan Neal being the first pick uh, for the Jaguars. And, and my reasoning is, is they've got to protect Trevor Lawrence. You've got, you know, and yes, they've, they've made some moves. They franchised Cam Robinson. They signed Brandon Scherf. But I don't think those moves prevent them from taking an offensive, you know, a guy like Evan Neal right here because they still have a need at left guard. Cam Robinson is still on a one-year franchise tag. There's, he hasn't been signed long-term. There's no guarantee that he's still going to be on their roster. There's no guarantee that he's going to be there long-term. Why not build up this offensive line to protect Trevor Lawrence and a guy like Evan Neal, who has played guard in his career at Alabama, can slide in at right guard, left guard next to Cam Robinson, learn the NFL, learn, you know, get some his feet wet, and then once Cam Robinson's one-year franchise tag is up, Evan Neal slides over to left tackle, and you're good to go. Now you've got Evan Neal at the left side. you got Walker Little on the right. You've got Brandon Scherf at the right guard. And your offensive line is that much better to protect Trevor Lawrence. Now, if Aiden Hutchinson isn't going number one, he is definitely going number two to the Detroit Lions. Uh this Aiden Hutchinson, I think, is the Lions' dream scenario. I think having him, I mean, him being a Michigan guy is um, irregardless, I think. And But he just fits the Dan Campbell type of player, that hard-nosed, hairs-on-fire type of guy. Um, it just so happens he had played at Michigan from, from that area. And I, I just think it's a no-brainer. They need pass rushers. He's available. He's the be probably the best player in the draft. We'll go there. Now for the, the Texans. Texans are, I like how they have here. Um, the Texans are a team that has needs at every position, really. Um, they may have their quarterback in the future, um, but they, they could use a receiver. They could use offensive line help. They could use pass rushers. They could use a safety. They could use a corner. So they kind of have it all out there. But with Lovey Smith as their head coach I think they want to build up this defense and that's why I have them going with Kayvon Thibodeau um, with that third pick Thibodeau is a guy who's is kind of getting drugged through the mud right now and I think he is is a lot better than people are giving him credit for um, he's not this elite generational type player that that we, maybe a lot of people thought he was going to be but he is a tremendous player, a tremendous uh, pass rusher. And I think even with the Trayvon Walker hype and potential to be the number one pick, I still think a team like the Texans need a ready-made pass rusher. And I think that's why uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be that pick right there.
Speaking of Trayvon Walker, I think he's the pick here of the New York Jets, their first first round pick of of the draft. Uh, I look at this team and they could use some some more pass rushers. Robert Sala had his best success in San Francisco with multiple pass rushers. Carl Lawson's coming back. They they added Shaq Lawson. Bring in Trayvon Walker. He's a guy I think has uh, positional flexibility. I think he could be a good five technique um, in Robert Sala's you know four three under defense. I think they could slide him out to the Leo if they need be. He can rush from the interior if he has to. And I think that versatility is something that Sala would like. Uh, and with him being available, I think at this point it's a no-brainer. Now that leads us to the New York Giants, their first pick of the first round. And I think they go offensive line, and that pick is Ikem Ekwanu. You know, the, the Giants are another team that needs to protect. Their offensive line has not been good the last several years. Andrew Thomas, I think, is starting to develop into that guy that they thought they were getting when he was the um, the fourth overall pick. They could use help. So Ekwanu is a guy that's played left tackle. I think he's probably going to can be an all-pro left or offensive guard. So maybe they slide him in the guard. Maybe he plays that right tackle initially. Regardless of it, I think um, the Giants to get a guy like Ekwanu, who's one of the five best players in this draft, at an area of need is a, is a no-brainer. Now, the Panthers are an interesting team because they've talked a lot about quarterbacks, but is that a smokescreen? Could they be going somewhere else? I don't think so. I'm going to have them going quarterback, but I don't think it's the quarterback that most people assume. I think they're going with, you know, a lot of people assume it would be Malik Willis. I am going Kenny Pickett. And if we think of, you know, if, when I think about the Panthers and the reason why they take Kenny Pickett is this is a coaching staff that has to win right away. They have to win. And I, Malik Willis has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this class. That being said, he's a major project, and he's not going to be ready to go year one. And this coaching staff needs to win to keep their jobs. So that's why I think Kenny Pickett is most NFL ready out of the two. Um, he's a good distributor. They've got some weapons. Just get him out there, get him distributing that ball, and they can have some success. And let's not also forget, Matt Rule is all about familiarity with players. Look at how many Temple players he signed in free agency. Look at how many Baylor players he's brought in. Maybe not high picks, but he's brought in a bunch of Baylor players. Kenny Pickett, at one point, was committed to Temple under Matt Rule before Pitt came in and offered. So I think that is going to play a lot into it. I think some people are brushing that off. I think that's a lot bigger deal than, than, people, are, um, than people are thinking. All right, so then we go back to the Giants, and I think they go cornerback. And, I, and with Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Uh with the Giants bringing in Wink Martindale as their defensive coordinator, they're going to be doing a lot of blitzing, a lot of man coverage. They need cover corners. And a guy like Ahmed Garner is viewed as the top corner in this draft, a physical press man corner, and that's 
a perfect fit for what Martindale wants to do with this defense. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they took him at pick five. I wouldn't be shocked if he went pick four to the Jets. So to get him here at seven, I think for the for the Giants is uh, a, a good win. You know, you're leaving this top ten with a foundation piece on your offensive line and a potentially shut down corner. All right, if we move on to pick eight, we have the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I had just put out a video on my YouTube channel talking about why the Falcons shouldn't draft a quarterback, and a lot of it was because they're not going to be ready to win this year. So just get a foundational piece and then go into next year's draft when they're probably picking in the top three and get a guy like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or uh, D.J. Ungulele or whoever else pops up. I think next year is going to be a pretty good quarterback class. Now that being said... I have him taking Malik Willis right here. And I think he's a player, once again, they're not in a, a weight of a position to compete right away. So take a shot. And I'm not as high on Malik Willis as a lot of other people, but I understand the fact that you don't, you know, look at the past drafts. You know, teams have played it safe, going with Baker Mayfield number one, going with uh, whoever number one, the, take shots in the first round. Get the guys with the most ceiling, and I think that's what we're forgetting about. You know, guys like Justin Herbert, guys like Josh Allen, and those are the guys. Some of these these projects, even Lamar Jackson, um, are the ones that have hit. And everyone raves about Malik Willis's character. Everyone raves about his potential. You know, bet on that potential bet on that your coaching staff that you can develop them and uh i think that's what the falcons do here i don't i actually think malik willis was probably going to be the first quarterback taken but i think it's going to be someone trading up who that may be the steelers absolutely love them but that's a huge jump from 20 um would another team move up will the falcons move up who knows but in this situation i thought malik willis made a lot of sense all right, number nine, the Seahawks. I have them going a couple of different ways. I could see them going pass rusher, um, but I, I ended up settling with Charles Cross, the Mississippi State left tackle. Um, here's a guy who I think is a premier pass protector. Uh, still has some work to do as a run blocker, but you know if he's dropping and protecting your quarterback in the pass game, I think he's a tremendous asset. Um, the Seahawks are probably losing Dwayne Brown. So they could use a new left tackle, and I think uh, Cross is a guy that can kind of fit with what they want to do and uh, just be a good fit there. All right, that leads us to the 10th pick um, in the New York Jets. And I pass, you know, I have him taking pass rusher number four with Trayvon Walker, so we could go cornerback here. I think Kyle Hamilton at safety is a possibility as well. But we got to think, once again, they drafted a quarterback last year in Zach Wilson. And they need to build around him. And I thought under the previous regimes with the Jets, they did an awful job of surrounding Sam Darnold with talent. And he had no receivers to throw to. So when Zach Wilson came, he had Denzel Mims, who was coming off an injury. He, they, they signed Corey Davis. They drafted Elijah Moore. But they still need to give Zach Wilson some weapons. And that's why I really like Garrett Wilson as this pick. 
Um, I think Garrett Wilson is the best receiver in this class. I think he, he, he gives me, I don't think this is the best comp, but I remember when I watched him, I got a lot of Stephon Diggs vibes just because he's not the biggest receiver, but he can go up and, you know, he's got a good catching radius. He's got good speed. He can win at all three levels. And so I think the Jets are a team that just need to add more weapons. They invested in the offensive line in free agency. And I just, I just think this is a, uh, a good move to just get your young quarterback some, some weapons around him. All right, so that's the top ten. Uh, quick, quick review. Uh, Jaguars taking Evan Neal. Lions taking Aiden Hutchinson. Houston taking Kayvon Thibodeau. The Jets taking Trayvon Walker. The Giants taking Ikem Ekwanu. The Panthers taking Kenny Pickett. The Giants taking Ahmed Sauce Gardner. The Falcons taking Malik Willis, the Seahawks taking Charles Cross, and the Jets taking Garrett Wilson. So that leads us to the Washington Commanders. And there's a lot that they could do here. Um, receiver could be an option. There's mention that they really like the two Ohio State receivers, so Chris, Chris Olave is still available. They could go um, a number of different directions. But I'm looking here. And Kyle Hamilton is still available. The number two rated, you know, he's he's like my third rated player in this draft. Um, I know he's kind of gotten hammered for not running a, a high 40 time at his pro day, but he did run a 4.59 at the combine. So I'm not too, I don't know why everyone's freaking out about that. Um, his pro day time, because the NFL teams are just going to go off of what they have anyway, and a lot of that's combine. So. Here's a guy that's, I think, a foundation piece at safety. I think he's going to potentially fall out of the first round because of he's a safety, and safeties tend to fall. Derwin James was viewed as one of the best players in the draft a few years ago, and he fell to pick, what, 16. So I think Kyle Hamilton is going to be a guy that could fall out of the top 10. I think Washington would love to have him. They have Cam Curl. They have um, a couple other guys at safety that are solid pieces but just not elite players. And Kyle Hamilton would give Ron Rivera and this commander's defense, which is pretty good, a solid foundational playmaker back in that secondary. All right, as we move on to the Vikings at pick 12, it's it's cliche to give them a cornerback because that's what Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman tended to do over the last several years is continue to just cornerback after cornerback after quarterback Jeff Gladney Xavier Rhodes Mike Hughes so on and so forth and so now that Spielman and Zimmer are gone you think oh they're going to go in a different direction but no matter how many picks they invest in that position they still have a need and that's where I think they end up going and we're sitting here with Derek Stingley and Trent McDuffie available and Stingley was a guy that, you know, coming into this year, everyone thought it was going to be a top three pick, top five pick, you know, one of the best cornerbacks that have come out. We hear about his freshman year just battling it out with Jamar Chase. But he's struggled to be injured, struggled with injuries, hasn't played to that same level as we saw his freshman year. And I think that's going to cause him to slide a little bit. And that's why I think the Vikings are going with Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie is my second rated corner. 
in this draft. I love him as a prospect. He's, he's explosive. He's quick twitch. He's got good fluidity in his hips. He's a guy that I think can play inside and out. And in the Vikings defense, they're going to run that Vic Fangio style 3-4. I think he's going to be a perfect fit within that. And uh, that's why I think the Vikings take him there. All right, as we move on to pick 13, it goes back to the Houston Texans. This is the pick they got in the Deshaun Watson trade from the Cleveland Browns. And I have them going pass rusher early. And so when I think about who they could take here, um, when I think about their third round, their third overall pick, I think either pass rusher, I think Kyle Hamilton at safety is a possibility. I thought offensive line is a possibility. And that's where I, that's where I end up going here. And so – you know, there's talk of Laramie Tunsil being traded. There's talk of, um, you know, whatever. They just need offensive line help. And I think a guy that the NFL absolutely loves, he's a good fit with what they want to do, is Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. So that's who I have being the pick there. Physical, aggressive. He wants to bury you in the ground. And he is somebody that I think is um, going to be their pick. It could be very well be their pick. They could put him at right tackle. Um, if they end up moving Laramie Tunsil, they could slide him over to left tackle where he played in, in college. And I think he's just a, a physical, huge man that moves well and is going to have a nice, solid NFL career. Now, as we move on to pick 14, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the Ravens always tend to have good players fall in their lap. Um, I think a guy like Jordan Davis could be a possibility here. Um, he's not a true 3-4 run stuffer. He's more of a, a up-the-field type player. So I don't know about that. Jermaine Johnson's mocked here quite a bit, but I'm not a big fan of him in a 3-4. Um, and I sit here and I look, and Derek Stanley is still available with this pick. And I think to the Ravens, they've got probably one of the best cultures in the NFL, they've got strong leaders. And I think a guy like Derek Stingley, if he's available to them, is a strong possibility that he's their pick because he's an all-world talent. He is legit a top three player in this draft if he's, if he's going. And so I think the Ravens could look at this and say, hey, we've got a chance to get an elite player here at pick 14. Yes, he's maybe got some concerns, some red flags, but we feel as an organization that we can get the most out of them, and that's why I think they end up picking them there. All right, as we get into picks 15 and 16, it is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this, these are the picks that they got from Miami and from the Colts, and so I'm going to do both of these together. Um, I think they could go a lot of different directions, but I do think they are going to take an offensive and defensive linemen within these, you know, picks 15, 16, and, and 19. So pick 15, I start off the bat. I have them taking um, a pass rusher, and I have them going with Jermaine Johnson from Florida. I, you know, Jermaine Johnson transferred to Florida State this past year um, and really exploded, and I think a big reason for that is he was playing in a 4-3 defense. I didn't know 3-4, 4-3, it's all relative. Um because everyone's in a sub package, but I think him playing outside, hand in the ground, is where he's best suited. And so going to Philadelphia, I think, is a good fit for him. Um, 
I mentioned earlier with the Ravens, you know, being a more of a, a stand-up type pass rusher, I don't think suits him very well. So I, I like him in, in Philadelphia. With that 16th pick, I have him going receiver. I know they, they've drafted receiver in the first round the last three drafts, but they still need help. And I look at the guy that I, that I like for them, and that's Drake London from USC. It gives them something different. They've got a speed slot guy in um, a couple years ago from TCU. They they got Devonte William or Devonte Smith last year from Alabama. So they've got you know this the do it all guy in Devonte Smith. They got Jalen Rager in the slot, and now you get a big physical guy. And, and Howie Roseman's swung and missed on a couple of receivers. He got one right last year with Devonte Smith. Um, but he's missed on a few bigger guys, and I. You, but you can see that they want those big guys, and I think Drake Lennon's a guy that would give him a nice compliment. It would give Jalen Hurts a a big target on the outside to throw the ball up to. He's not the most accurate. He doesn't have the best arm, so therefore you you need a guy like Drake Lennon, who's a six foot five basketball player outside playing receiver, who would be able to go and get those jump balls, work down the field, and I think with three first round picks. They can use one as a luxury, and and that's why I think receiver is a strong possibility here. All right, moving on to 17, we have the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Here's a team that they they underachieved on defense with a with a strong defensive guru that they hired as their head coach. They struggled on defense, especially against the run. Now they've They've added Khalil Mack. They've added um, J.C. Jackson. So they've added some pieces to this defense. But I don't think they're done. And that's why I think a player like Jordan Davis from Georgia would be a strong fit here with the, um, with the Chargers. And they can use him as a, you know, there's this misconception out here that Jordan Davis is, you know, for some, I don't think, I think most draft analysts know this, but um, a lot of people see Jordan Davis and they see six foot six, 335 pounds, and they think he's uh, a run stuffing defensive tackle. And he's much more than that. He's more of an up the field player. So I think he'd fit well within the, the Chargers defense. And it is a three, four that he probably will still play nose tackle, but I think Staley will use him in the same mold that he used Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald played nose tackle for Staley with the Rams and he wasn't sitting there two gapping and, and taking on blocks he was disrupting and I, so that's, that's what I think Jordan Davis is um, and I, I think he'd be a good fit for them there all right this takes us to the New Orleans Saints who once again could go a, a couple different directions it could go offensive tackle uh, to replace Taron Armstead who uh, left in free agency. They could continue to get a receiver to help out Jameis Winston. They could go a lot of different directions. But I look at this team and I say, who's their quarterback long-term? And Jameis Winston, I thought, played well for them last year, but he is not a long-term solution for them. They've already moved Taysom Hill to the tight end, kind of do-it-all offensive player mold. So I think quarterback right here is a strong possibility and I like Matt Corral from Mississippi in the situation um, just because yes I think he's still got some 
room to improve as a prospect. And he doesn't have to come in and start day one. They have Jameis Winston. So Corral can kind of come in, learn the NFL offense, learn uh, Pete Carmichael's scheme, and slowly work his way in. And there's a good chance that Jameis Winston could get hurt because he's gotten hurt last year and you know he's coming back from that ACL injury. So um, I think a guy like Matt Corral could eventually take over throughout the season and then, ev- then be the Saints starter um, for the next you know however many years. All right, as we move on to 19, we move back to the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you remember, I mentioned that I felt with these three picks that they have in the, in the teens, they were going to go an offensive and defensive line position. And so I already had them taking Jermaine Johnson with that 15th pick. So that tipped my hat a little bit and have them going offensive line. But I have them going with Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. You know, Jason – or. Yeah, Jason Kelsey is a player that's been tremendous for them, but he is um, nearing the end of his career, and the Eagles are all about just adding. They love having depth on their offensive line, drafting players to, to take over after a year, and so that's that's how I see with Tyler Linderbaum. Um, I know they have Landon Dickerson, who they drafted last year, who could, who was a college center. I think he's going to stay at guard where he's having a ton of success. And then you bring in Tyler Linderbaum, who maybe is that swing guy in the interior his first year uh, before eventually taking over for Jason Kelsey um, in a couple years. All right, as we wrap out the top 20, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's been no secret that the Pittsburgh Steelers love Malik Willis, and they want to draft him, and they want to build their offense similar to that of the Baltimore Ravens and 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 bringing Malik Willis along that way where they're utilizing his athleticism and letting him develop his passing skills as he um, gets acclimated and, and as a runner now obviously Malik Willis is gone in this scenario I had him going eight to the Atlanta Falcons so what did what did the Steelers do do they just take an offensive player and roll out there with Mitchell Trubisky I don't think so and so a quarterback that is getting a lot of attention, I'm not as high on him as a lot of people, but that's Desmond Ritter. And Desmond Ritter is a guy that a lot of people really like. He's getting mocked in the first round, especially to the Lions, uh, for people that don't have the Lions taking Malik Willis number two. And Ritter's a good athlete. You know, he ran in the four six, the low four sixes at the at the combine. Um, he's He's led Cincinnati's attack. He shredded the AAC um, with Cincinnati. He struggled a little bit against – he struggled against Alabama, but let's be honest, everyone struggles against Alabama. And I look at him and I say, hey, a lot of people just rave about his leadership and his ability to command an offense. And we look at his athleticism and I say, hey, the Steelers miss out on Malik Willis – I think Desmond Ritter is a guy that they're comfortable falling back into and can do a lot of the things that they wanted. You know, they're going to be a run-heavy team that plays good defense. And so I think Desmond Ritter is a guy that can provide them that leadership and um, give them a lot of that run game aspect as well. All right, as we move into the 20s, we have the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, 
a guy that I really like to them, and I don't know, Patriots are always so hard to, to accurately mock. And I think I have him taking Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. A lot of people have him going in the top 10, um, the top 15. I'm just not big on linebackers going that early, and I don't see him as being that generational, that, that type of guy that fits there. But I look at the, the Patriots and their versatility that they want out of their players because they don't have a true scheme. One, one week they might run three, four concepts. The next week they're in a four, three concept. And I think Devin Lloyd's a guy that can do multiple things. He can rush off the edge. He can be a blitzer. He can drop into coverage. He can run and chase. He can do a lot of things pretty well, really good. And so I think the, the Patriots are a team that would love that versatility they need to add some athleticism to their linebacker spot, so it just you know just makes perfect sense to me. All right, we move on to pick twenty-two, and that's the Green Bay Packers. And since they traded away Devonte Adams, you know that they have to attack the wide receiver position in this draft because there's they haven't added anybody in free agency, and so they're really going in with Alan Lazard and. Amari Rodgers and a handful, Randall Cobb. So they need to attack this position. And a lot of people have linked them to Chris Olave, and I get it, but they need that number one guy. They don't need another speed guy. And so that's why I think a guy like Traylon Burks from Arkansas is a perfect fit for what they want to do. He's not Devontae Adams, but... Traylon Burks, the biggest comp that a lot of people were giving him was A.J. Brown, who's who's done tremendous with the Tennessee Titans. And Traylon Burks, a lot of people kind of were out on him after he didn't run the fastest time at the, at the Combine. But whenever I watched him play in the SEC, he looked fast. He was winning down the field. And he's a physical guy at the catch point. And I just think he's a perfect fit for what the Packers' offense does. And he's a perfect fit for what they need at that position. So I think he's going to go higher than people expect. I think a lot of people are dropping him to the very bottom of the first round and potentially out of it. Um, I think he's perfect for what the Packers want. All right, as we move on to uh, pick 23, we have the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I have them going cornerback here. And I have them going to the state of Washington to get Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon's, and you know, so we have two Washington corners going in this draft. Um, I had Trent McDuffie going to the Vikings at 12, and now Kyler Gordon going here to the pick 23 to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, another athletic corner that can stick in and out with with receivers in and out of the breaks um the cardinals continue to need to add and build up that defense and so i think kyler gordon's a good fit there pick 24 i have the the cowboys taking george karloftis from purdue um they lost out on randy gregory in free agency they thought they had him resigned uh demarcus robinson's aging they you know they have micah parsons who's probably one of the best edge rushers in the nfl they don't want to rely on him solely so I think they need to continue to add additional edge rushers and that's why I think Karloftis is a guy at pick 24 is pretty good value so I think they um, they would jump at that that opportunity all right pick 25 we have the Buffalo Bills I have them taking an offensive line uh, offensive lineman I think running back's a possibility there's a lot of 
speculation and rumor that Brees Hall is going to go in the late first round and a team like the Bills would be a good fit for him. I just don't see that happening at this point, and I think the Bills have lost some offensive line pieces and can really look to improve in the interior, and that's why I think a guy like Kenyon Green from Texas A&M is a good fit. I mean, here's a guy that I think is one of the best guards in, in this class. He's got tackle versatility. Um, I think moving him inside to guard, he'd be, he'd be a tremendous fit and, and, and really thrive at that position. All right, pick 26 is the Tennessee Titans. I have them taken Jamison Williams. Uh, if we know anything about John Robinson, he loves to take chances, and he wants he wants to hit it big and get a home run with his first-round picks. So we've seen the last couple of years he's taken guys with injury concerns that were considered maybe top 10 prospects. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons was one. Uh, last year um, they took the cornerback out of Virginia Tech um, who had a back issue and did play. Uh, they, they, they took a flyer on the off, offensive tackle out of Georgia a couple of years ago. And so I think the reason why Jamison Williams fits is they need that second receiver. Yes, they got Robert Woods. Yes, they got A.J. Brown. But they need one more. Get that speed element in Jamison Williams. Um, and there's a lot of talk that if Jamison Williams didn't get hurt in the national championship game, he was going to be a top ten pick. So everything here – leads to me thinking Jamison Williams as that pick right there. All right, pick 27, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have them going offensive line also, and I have them taking Zion Johnson, the guard from Boston College. You know, they lost Allie Marpet to retirement. They got Tom Brady back, and so they're looking to win right away. So they need a plug-and-play guy on the inside to keep Tom Brady clean. And so that's why I like Devontae. I'm sorry, Zion Johnson there. Speaking of Devontae's, pick 28, the Green Bay Packers. I have them taking Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle from Georgia, um, a true interior pass rusher. The, giant, the, the Packers have some pieces along that defensive line. Kenny Clark's a stud. They signed Jaron Reed to be a rotational run stuffer but they could use more interior pass rushers to go with Rayshon Gary and Preston Smith on the outside. And so that's why I like Devontae Wyatt there. Uh, pick 29 is the Chiefs' first first-round pick. And I think they look to find a receiver to replace Tyreek Hill. And Chris Olave is still available. I think he probably goes earlier, but I just, you know, in this scenario, I had him still available. And I think, I think the, four, the Chiefs are going to trade up to get him. Um, and he just fits perfectly in Andy Reid's offense. Speed, good route runner. Um, I think, you know, a guy that can and work the field deep. And they just love to add speed. And I think Olave's um, – him, him and Garrett Wilson, the teammates from Ohio State, are the two best receivers in this class. So if the Chiefs can get Olave or potentially Jameis Williams, I think they'd pretty, be pretty ecstatic. Uh, we now have the Chiefs' second first-round pick, and I think they go defense here. Um, and I think they take a gamble on an edge rusher in Boya Mafe um, from Minnesota. Um, I think David Ojabo is a possibility, um, but with his Achilles injury, he's probably going to push him to the second round. I think the Chiefs want to add. And they know that they're going to be playing with leads. They're going to be playing in shootouts, so they need pass rushers. And Mafe is a guy that I think they'll be willing to take a risk on uh, because he is a, um, you know, has a lot of potential. All right, last couple picks. We have the 
the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this was boilerplate to give them a an offensive lineman. However, they um, they invested in that position quite a bit in free agency, so I don't think it's a lock to happen. I know a lot of people mock linebackers, but they're pretty set there. So I think they go cornerback, and I see them going Andrew Booth out of Clemson. And I know he, he just got reported that he had hernia surgery, um, so – but he's going to be ready for, for training camp. So I don't think that's going to affect his draft stock. I think here's a guy that's a big, physical, good athlete that can play corner, and they need cornerback help. And I think, you know, they love to draft guys from big schools, and that's why I think Booth would be a good fit there. And finally, pick 32, we have the Detroit Lions. I think they can go a lot of different directions, but linebacker has always been a need. And the Lions tend to reach on their second pick for a big need. But luckily, they don't need to reach here because you have N'Kobe Dean still available. He is my top-rated linebacker in this draft. Um, He's maybe a little undersized, but he can do it all. He can go sideline to sideline. He can rush. He can play in coverage. And I think the way he plays the game, once again, fits what Dan Campbell wants out of this defense. And so that's why I think he's a, um, a tremendous fit for what they want to do here. All right, so if we look at the draft, here we go. Here is my draft. I hope you guys enjoyed this, my latest NFL mock draft, a month out before the season. Uh, a lot of good players off the board. I don't think this draft is got a lot of elite talent, but I think it's going to be a, a fun draft. It's going to be kind of wild. It's already been a wild offseason, and I think the draft is going to be the same. So thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure you follow. uh, You hit that subscribe button, and then also make sure you follow me on social media, draft underscore Brian. Thanks for watching. Until next time.